glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Yay, let's give God the praise. Well, it is good to have you here this morning, and what a beautiful day it is to be in His presence. Are you glad that you came this morning? Because God has something in store for you this morning from His Word. But before we go, let's pray. Before we dive in. Father, your word says to be still and know that you are God. And right now, Lord, we know that you are here in our presence. And so I just ask right now, Lord, that your word will be spoken, not my words. And Father, open our eyes, open our minds, and soften our hearts to you right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray it. Everyone says, Amen. Amen. Well, last week, we began the Christmas season with a new sermon series titled, The Gifts of Christmas. And it was last week that we unwrapped the gift of hope. And then I pray that, that you have been using the book that was given to you as a gift last week that looked like this. Have you been reading it this week? And I hope that you're finding it. And then so as we go through the next Sundays, we are going to be going through each of these gifts that, to, that kind of coincide from week to week. And so this week will also coincide with what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to unwrap another gift. Isn't that exciting? How many of you love to unwrap gifts? Oh, come on. Even though as adults, we love to unwrap gifts. And we're going to continue to do that today. But have you been with kids as parents or even as if there are no kids in the house? Remember what it was like when they would unwrap gifts on Christmas? Yeah, remember those? That excitement, that excitement of opening up the box and actually playing with whatever toys inside or whatever game or just playing with the box, isn't it, sometimes? But see, the worst thing in the world is a gift without batteries. Don't you not like that? How about the gift that requires an adult setup? It's just so frustrating, isn't it? But kids want to unwrap. And their goal is what? To dive in. To get into it. Right? Forget what's the wrapping, what it looks like, how it was wrapped. Nah, let's dive in right away. And that's what we're going to do today, church. We're going to dive in right into this gift, the gift of love. Are you ready to hear what this gift is all about? I love this group. You guys are awesome. So what do we do with this gift of love? What do we do? Well, let me share a little bit about love, okay? Love. Children were asked about love and listened to what some of them said about love. Love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of, of theirs back. Chrissy, who's six years old, said that. How about this one? You, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. Jessica, age eight, said that. How about Marianne, who's age four, says, love is when your puppy licks your face. <laughs> Even after you left him alone all day. Oh, love, isn't it? The gift of Christmas today is love. 
You see, every year at this time, we hear this old familiar story about the night Christ was born. And see, how many times you, have you read this old familiar story from the Bible? And how many times have you seen this Christmas plays have played out or portrayed this old familiar story? And how many sermons have you heard preached on this old familiar story? And certainly many of us here in the room have heard of, the, of Joseph and Mary, baby Jesus, Bethlehem, the star, shepherds, or the wise men. So if you were here last week, how many of you remember how we participated together? How we read the scripture, the passage of Luke chapter 12, verses 1 to 20. That was exciting to be able to participate in the Christmas story. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at that same passage. Okay, so I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, 1 to 20. We're not going to read it together like we did because you experienced it last week. But I want to challenge each and every one of you. And I want you to take this challenge seriously. Because this morning, I want you to find a freshness. You heard the story last week about hope. And today is about love. Find a freshness or new way of looking at the Christmas story. So you're asking, how do I find freshness in this old, old story that we've heard hundreds of times? We don't do it, church, by rewriting the story. That's not what's going to happen this morning. We're not going to add new characters to it or put something, an interesting twist of the plot. No, we're not going to do that. We find freshness in the old familiar story by focusing on details. On details. See, details we have probably read and heard many times, but have never really thought about it. Have never really thought about it before. So in just a few minutes, I'd like to draw your attention to the specific detail in verse 12. So turn to, your, to that scripture of verse 12. And it says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. We forget how absolutely unprepared the shepherds were to hear those words spoken to them by the angel. Remember what it's like. The angel said to them, a savior has been born. The Messiah has come. The Lord from heaven is here and in the little town of Bethlehem, no less. But where in Bethlehem? Imagine the shepherds. How will they find him? And how will they know for sure? Is it really him? Remember all the babies that were born then. That is, that's why in verse 12 comes into picture. The angel said to them, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. A baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger? You ask, what kind of sign is that? What's so special about a baby wrapped in a swaddling clothes and lying in a manger? Well, you see, every time Christmas comes, I just want to tell you that I am so fascinated by the manger. The manger. Talk about detail, huh? The manger. 
And see, Luke is telling us, telling us this morning that the particular details of Christ's birth are of great importance. You see, God could have chosen any number of ways to bring Christ into this world. God has the power to strike down the lightning, and then Jesus would have then appeared. He could have sent him into this world as a full-grown adult. You see, and God could have chosen to have Jesus be born in a palace of a king or a lavish home from a wealthy family. But God, who is spirit, chose to take on the flesh of a human being and be born in a manger. And so what is a manger? Church, what is it? You see, a manger was nothing more than a common feeding trough. A dirty, smelly box that donkeys and sheep and goats stuck their hairy, snotty, slobbery faces into it and snort out their feed. Imagine that. And usually you will find a manger in a stable or a barn. And so picture this, not the preferred bed for a newborn baby, isn't it? Imagine putting your baby on a manger like this, a crib like this. Yet, that is where Mary places her newborn son. Because it said in Luke 2, 7, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. What happened at the manger changed the world. What happened in the manger changed the world. And so we need to ask, what happened in the manger? You see, love was born. Love was born. Love was given a body, a face. And there in the manger, we find love. When we look in the manger in the form of a baby, we see clearly the unlimited love of God for you and for me. John 3.16 says, can we all read John 3.16? It's going to be on the screen. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world. Thank you. The baby came because God loved the world. What a mystery. The unlimited love of God wrapped in a swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. You see, God never says he loves you if you do this. I will love you. He simply loves us even though we do not measure up to his standards. Isn't it great that when we see the baby in the manger, we don't get what we deserve because you see, we deserve death, don't we? We deserve death. But when we get what we get in the manger is what we don't deserve. We don't deserve love, but he gives us love without measure and life without end. What's being communicated to us by the manger church is that the love of the Savior is for us. Love which would move Jesus to leave heaven his heavenly glory, and be born in this world of sin to be with us so that he could die on the cross and allow us, 
allow you and me to share in his glory. Isn't that amazing? And can I hear an amen? Emmanuel, Emmanuel, that's right. God with us. And how are we then, church, this morning to know that the baby was born in a manger because of love? How are we to respond? And that's what we are going to take on this morning about how are we to respond. You didn't come this morning just to hear. You're going to respond this morning. And I hope you're ready to respond. And firstly, we need to respond is this. How are we to? We are to accept his love. God's love in the manger. And you will see the same scripture that you just read a while ago. And church, the problem is, this sometimes we are so familiar with this verse that we can recite it and look right past it look right past it but god's love is is sending his son is to die on the cross really changes everything doesn't it we know the verse so well that we can overlook it if we're not careful But this was and is the ultimate gift that Jesus was given to each and every one of us as a sacrifice, holy, complete, infinite love. You see, the message of this verse that you see in front of you is the core of what we believe. So it makes sense that as we unwrap the gift of love today, church, we should start here at the center of this verse, that God loved the world and he gave his son. And when we accept the gift and believe in him, we are given this life of salvation and eternal life. So the first thing we do is with this gift of love is so basic. It's easy to overlook it. We must accept the gift. But listen, church, notice I said basic because it's not easy to accept this gift. For some of you here this morning, the step of accepting the gift that God gives us and believing in him may be very difficult. May be very difficult for you. It may be something that you've struggled with all your life. It may be a brand new for some of you. And maybe it is a gift you've neglected for a while. And maybe you feel unlovable. Maybe you've been burned by human love too many times to trust that there's something greater. Maybe you're, you're thinking to yourself, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the dark secrets and pains and fears and doubts inside. Well, maybe I don't, church, but God does. And that the love he offers and he sees it, he knows and understands. The love that God offers to you and me this morning is Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, who was placed in a manger for all human beings. You know, it is hard to think of a loving God who loves a person who is involved in terrorism, involved in the drug culture, um, who's involved maybe a murder or any kind of things that, that is of sin. But God loves us despite of sin. The hardest of all to believe and accept is that God loves me? Does he really love me? You know, recently someone said to me, came to me and said, but Major, you don't know what I've done. And I said, you know what? I don't know what you've done. But God does, and 
loves you still. And no matter what challenges, church, or hurts you have, you hold on and just know that God can handle and can heal you. God knows, he understands, and his response is his, this op- his arms open of perfect love. So wherever you are, I encourage you this morning to, if you haven't accepted this gift of love, to accept it. But if you have accepted this gift of love in your life today, can I just warn you and remind you to not take it for granted? Do not take his love for granted in your life. So let's, let this Christmas 2016 be one of accepting the love and salvation God offers in his son. Accept his love. And secondly, this morning, we need to respond by experiencing his love. Experience his love. Have you experienced his love? You see, during the season of Advent, may we all experience the, the love of God deeply. And may that's my prayer for each and every one of us. Because you see, it is easy to be distracted by the things that needs to get done in the next two weeks as Christmas approaches. It is easy to read the headlines and wonder if love really can overcome the darkness and hatred in our world. It's easy to allow worry over tomorrow, over the next week, over the next year, to overwhelm us and keep us from experiencing God's love. You see, all of these matter to us. God does not ask us to ignore those things in order to experience his love. Because see, life is not easy, isn't it, church? I don't know. If life is easy for you, let me know because I want to know what you're doing. Because it's not. You see, what God wants us to do is that he doesn't want us to, he, he does want us to just experience, but he wants us to give it to him, to surrender to him the hurts, the concerns of our lives and allow him to fill us up, to renew us of his love. And I like First Peter 5, 7, it says, cast, cast all your anxiety to him because he cares for you. And church, that is love. And the good news is that the love he gives through his son, Jesus Christ, is enough. It is enough for you and it is enough for me. And I like what the Apostle Paul described the love that we can experience. And it says in this, For I am convinced neither death nor life, nor an- neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to, like this, to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. This is a powerful love. Powerful love, the most powerful love. It is the love that cannot be contained or constrained by any power of the universe. Not evil, not death, no person, no power. You see, God's love does not and will not fail. Will not fail us. It is a love to be experienced. And when you think back to what kids do on Christmas Day, this is not a gift to accept and unwrap and then put on a shelf. Not at all. It is more like a new favorite stuffed animal, a gift to embrace and carry and hold on to and love 
forever, even until the ears comes off of that stuffed animal. Keep loving them. You see, God's love is our lifeblood, an oxygen that is flowing through us continually that fills us with life. And church, to truly experience God, we need to claim Luke 10, 27. And if you've never heard this before, and I, I know you've heard it, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and then don't stop there. You have to love your neighbor as yourself. See, if you love God, then the way you live your lives should reflect love. God's love. And that, so let me ask you this. How do, you, how do we treat people around us who we don't like? I'm not talking about big not like. I'm even the little tiny not like. A little bit of a bit, a hint. Are you experiencing love through your relationships? How about the way you talk to one another? How about this? When no one is looking, how does God see you? Accept his love, experience his love on a daily basis. And lastly, this morning, the manger reminds us to share his love, to share his love. Have you ever been in love? Oh, come on, don't try to be shy. And I know, have you ever been in love? Oh, yeah, if so, there's a good chance you've done something loud or crazy to proclaim your love to the world. I don't need to know. God knows. Right? Maybe you've literally shouted out in public. Some of you probably have. Nowadays, you proclaim it on Facebook. Right? And some of you, some of your friends do. Or your social media platform of your choice. It's what we humans do. It's why we have centuries worth of poetry, novels, movies, play songs about love, don't we? Right? When we are in love, it shows, doesn't it? Let me tell you a story, a time when um, I remember Major Phil and I were, were dating, a time when he would normally give me a dozen of roses, okay, to, sh- to express his love. He would give me. But one time, he actually gave me not just a dozen or a couple dozen, he gave me 100 roses, okay? He gave me 100 roses. That was crazy love. And I said, crazy, what is he thinking? And I wasn't, and I was thinking, what am I going to do with 100 roses? I felt like I had, I was a florist. It was like, what am I going to do? But you know what? It, it was his expression of love. And I tell you, one way that I, I took care of it, I, sh- I shared it with everybody. I told my roommates and that where, where I was, I said, here, here's a, here's a, couple of roses, there's a half dozen, that was a lot to give out, a hundred roses. But it was, when I think about that, you see, we can't help it, but love overflows, doesn't it? The gift of God's love is the same way. It's for sharing. And in fact, sharing this gift doesn't leave us less. That's why we're so afraid to share it, because we think, I'm not going to have any, anything left. But really, it leaves us with more. It leaves us with more blessing, isn't it? Once we accept and experience the love of God, we need to take the next step of sharing his love. Let it overflow out. Let it overflow all around you. You see, I like what John says in 1 John 4, 9 to 11. 
And this is what it says. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. God's love comes to us, flows through us, and the more we embrace it and experience it, the more we share it with others. There should be an excitement that comes with it. You see, we want to be people who can point others to Jesus. To Jesus. Unlike the shepherds, Luke 2.20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they have heard and seen, which were just as they have been told. We need to be like the shepherds. We saw the manger. We saw what happened. We experienced it. Let's share it with others and not keep it to ourselves. So what does that look like for you this season? It could mean spending quality time with your family. It could mean reconnecting with a friend who has drifted away. It could mean serving your neighbor or strangers or seeking out someone you suspect is lonely or hurting. And church, it might be forgiving someone who has hurt you badly. Or it could be apologizing to someone you have hurt badly. You see, there are endless ways to allow God's love to flow through us as we love others as he has loved us. So I want to challenge you to think of one way and many more of how you can share God's love this week with others and keep your heart and eyes open to the world around you as this Christmas approaches. So let's keep our focus on making the season of love that reaches far deeper. Let's rejoice in God's love that was born in the manger and let's be known to others by this Love flowing out of us. You see, church, may the season be accepting, experiencing, and sharing God's gift of love in a new and a deeper way. See, the love of God that was born that night in a manger also brought life to each and every one of us that we can enjoy. And I like what John 10.10 says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full to the full. So as we conclude this morning, church, the gift of love at Christmas began in a manger, and it didn't stay there. It continued on to the cross and to the resurrection. When you see the manger this season, what does it mean to you? May the manger seen may may not be just a decorative thing in, in, the, in the stable or the nativity scene in, as a decoration. I want you to remember this and never forget that the message of the manger church is just how far God would go to say to you and me this morning, and he is saying to us, I love you. He gave up everything so that you and I would know how much he loves us. You see, we are the reason that he was born in the manger to fulfill what he was called to do, a mission to save us, the reason that he lived, because he loves us so much. So let's continue loving him and loving others 
in this Christmas season. I'd like to end with a song for you. It is a song that speaks of why he came into this world and that we are the reason that he died on the cross. But first, he had to be born in order for him to die on the cross for each and every one of us. Listen to the song and watch. May this song be an encouragement to you and may it speak to your heart this morning. Church, he was born in a manger to live so that he could live to die on the cross for us to be able to live for him. And that is all about the gift of Christmas is love. And as we close our time together, I know that you can sense his love for you this morning. But maybe some of you this morning as the worship team comes up, we want to just give you a time to reflect upon your love for God. Do you love him? Do you truly love him? In spite of what you're going through, maybe today is a time to make that commitment and say, Lord, whatever, I'm, I'm in a tough situation. I have not been loving you. I, whatever it is, it's between you and the Lord. The place of prayer is here. As they sing the song, breathe desperately for you. I need you. We need God. We need Jesus. And he's saying, I'm here. I came in a form of a baby in a manger. So come and pray if you need to or just reflect upon about your love for him this morning. With your eyes closed and your head bowed. Church, I'm just going to, I want to pray for you. And I don't know what your need is this morning. But I know we have a God who loves us, who cares about us. And we've just heard it. He loves us. And he will never give up on us. So if you have a prayer that you'd like me to lift you up, just go ahead and raise your hand. And we would be, it would be an honor and a pleasure to lift them up for you. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray. Father God, we are people who long for love. And we are people who long for love in the wrong places. And Father, this morning, we have been given an opportunity to revisit the love that you've given us, a love that can be found, that is found in that manger so many years ago, many, many, many years ago to where your son was born. And so today, this day of 2016, I pray, Lord, that we will reclaim and take on that love that was born in our lives and share it with others. And Father, for those hands that's been raised this morning, and I pray, Lord, for whatever need that each hand has been raised, that you will just meet their need with your power in your name, Jesus, with your spirit. May you just make miracles happen healing happen, forgiveness and love on, Lord. May we trust you with what we're dealing with and surrender, Lord. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your son, Jesus, whose love has been given to us. And may we sense you, experience you this week, especially in those times when we don't feel loved. We love you, Jesus, and praise you and give you all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.